Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Focus podcast, airing every week on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm Kieran, your host for this episode. Joining me this week, I've got Elliot. Um, we'll start on one of the more positive notes we've got at first, um, with the signing of Alan Halilovic on uh, a six-month contract. Elliot, your thoughts on his signing and what this could mean for, obviously, ultimately, uh, other players in the squad, Dan Crowley, for example. Yeah, uh, I think it's just another piece in a jigsaw, isn't it, for Karanka? Um, with sort of where he wants to go and, and how he wants to play. Um, I don't think we've got the number 10 that, uh, at the club at the moment that he um, trusts. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed he'll fit into that role nicely. Um, obviously, he's got competition with McGree for that position at the moment. Um, but obviously, he's only on loan, so... Hopefully, Halilovic, however you pronounce it, will be uh, sort of at the club. Well, hopefully, the next six months will be successful when he'll be at the club um, a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of people in questioning the, the six-month contract, really. It's, it's the same with, with Terrell. We signed him on a one-year deal. It's obviously in with the points proof. You, you know, you find your love for football again at our club, I suppose, if you wouldn't. And who knows what can happen after that. But, I mean, one of the questions that we was asked previously, um, I'll just find it here, was obviously, why doesn't Karanka like Dan Crowley, really? I mean, is it a case if he doesn't trust him? Um, is it his work, his workload? Does he not put a shift in in training? Do you think this... Spells the end for him in a sense if if Halilovic can can do the business. Um, I don't think it spells the end for um, Crowley. I think Terrell is probably just a short term fix with the, the one year. Um, I don't think Riley McGree will be here 
uh, after the season um, finishes up. So I think Crowley will be the competition for that position still. You know, his, let's be honest, Crowley's output isn't fantastic. Um, he's come from a league in Holland, same as Halilovic. He's come from playing with Hirenveen. Um You know, you do get a lot of space, a lot of time on the ball. Um, you know, uh, in the Championship, you don't get that. You don't get that luxury. And, if, you know, even players like San Jose, is, you know, finding that out, coming from La Liga, where it's a little bit more pedestrian, more the time on the ball, a little bit more time to pick a pass and, and do what you want to do with the ball. Um, so, you need players with a little bit more qu quicker thinking. Um, and one thing I have noticed with, with Crowley, although he's uh, technically um, a good player, um, he, does, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't release the pass quick enough at times. He doesn't find his teammates. I often find that he, he, does, he does give the ball away at times. And that's not the sort of thing you want in a championship. The players that are going to retain the ball, and as we found like last night against Luton and other games so far this season, we're not keeping hold of the ball. Um, and that is something that needs to be rectified. Yeah, I think this, like you say, obviously in the championship, it's a, it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more about higher pressing, more intensity in the game, isn't there really? And I suppose this, in a way, will show us what Halilovic is all about. Because like you say, he's, he's been in every league so far, he's played in, you know, whether it be La Liga, Serie A, um, that moved for Herenveen in, in Holland last season. Um and obviously, it's all what we've always, everyone's always talked about what a talent he is. Um, obviously, now it's about time that he starts to really put that on show. If the championship could be what makes him the player he's, he's just set to become in, in many aspects, I suppose. Um, you think, obviously, um, like you say, Crowley, maybe he doesn't release the pass as much as there's not much end product. Um, a nice player to watch, don't get me wrong, but is it a case of, it, you know, yeah, but you say, he, he can't handle the, the pace of it. He's used to, he was came from Holland also, didn't he? And he was used to a slower game and he really hasn't picked up with, with where we need him to be. And obviously, I think there is the fact that maybe Karanka, obviously Karanka sees what goes on in the training ground as well, but do you think there's something Karanka's noticed in his game? He, he just can't adapt to the style of play that Karanka wants us. There's got to be something, hasn't there, with Crowler? Because usually you'd think that he's a shoo-in, especially if you can't decide on your best 11 and he still can't get into an 11. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Obviously, we don't see what happens on the training ground. And, you know, he's obviously not... He's obviously doing the right things on the training ground because he wouldn't be making the bench. He made the squad last night, um, so he didn't make it onto the pitch. But, you know... I think at the moment, and we said this off there before we came on, I think in terms of the players that Karanka's picking for the first team and the starting 11s, I think he is, he is testing them a little bit, uh, seeing which players that he can actually rely on in terms of sort of physicality and, and then defending against sides. Um, we know that Terrell offers a little bit more physicality in that position if he does bring him into midfield, so he's probably slightly ahead. Um, he, I think Karanka at the moment will prefer players that are going to come in, put a foot, put a foot in, put a shift in as well. Um, and uh, you know, a, a physically more adept to the championship. I'm not sure Crowley's just yet, uh, yet there right now. 
Yeah, talking of players putting a shift in, obviously we'll move on to uh, our first game to discuss uh, in this episode, which is the the uh, very enthralling nil-nil draw away at home to Coventry. Um, I'm certain that we'll be at our own place, but um, <laughs> little dad joke there, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, Jukovic again really put a shift in against Coventry. Um, just lapped that that goal to his name, which he, he probably should have had come the ninety minutes. But uh, it again it raises the debate of. What do we do in terms of a striker? Do we dip into the free transfer market still? Um, people still seem to be under the illusion, by the way, that we're getting Alexander Pato. Um, what's it been a month and a half now since we was linked and pretty sure it would have happened by now. But uh, thoughts on that game, first of all, and then your thoughts on Djukovic up front and Hogan, the debate that continues to, to go on. Just a that's a really difficult one. Well, thoughts on the game. Um, I mean, the positives and pleasing things to see. Uh, we're obviously limiting size to chances. Well, <laughs> um, at home anyway. Um, we limited Coventry to very little in that game, and, and they can be a side that can. You know, they like to get the ball down. They like to pass it. Um, they like to open sides up, uh, keep the ball on the deck. Um, and they didn't. They didn't really get a lot of joy against us, which was which was good to see. And, and we had the chances to win it in the end. Djokovic had a, a two or three opportunities. Uh, on another day, you know, we could have put one away. Um, we'd have been looking at a one 0 win, and, and things would have looked a, a little bit better. But unfortunately, um, it didn't quite go our way on the on the night. But um, it didn't particularly worry me that performance. Um, don't get me wrong, we're not exactly playing uh, open, expansive enjoyable to watch entertaining football right now but um, after you know shipping three goals to Bournemouth a couple of goals to Wickham stupidly um, it was nice to see us you know limit a side to basically what was it one chance in the end I think they had in the second half they were sort of they had one chance for on goal Efridge blocked it and that was it really yeah Efridge is obviously we'll discuss a bit more about Efridge when we touch on uh, last night's game but yeah, I mean, you compare that again. We draw comparisons to <clears throat> Pep Pettet's, um reign, if you will, last season. Obviously, played Coventry <laughs> home and away in the cup, and um, we were fortunate to get anything out of that tie. We should have been out of it um, after the first game, let alone get the replay and what have you. But yeah, compared to this season. Under Karanka, a whole new um, squad of players, really. But you see the differences, don't you, again, in the way we uh, approached the game, the way we, you know, we, we managed it in the 90 minutes. I think we looked fairly solid defensively. Um, again, it's just a case of, we just we just lack that finishing touch, that, that little spark that's... To, to make something happen when when you're watching it thinking nothing's going to happen. We don't really have that, do we, at the minute? No, no we don't. Um, I think, I think I don't know, I mean, it's clear to see by everybody at the moment um, that Franco is, is still trying to trying to sort the, the back the back of the, the, 
the base of the side out, shall we say, you know, we've got, like we said, you know, we touched on Etheridge, got an exceptionally good goalkeeper now. Um, we've predominantly got the same defence as, the, you know, as last season and, and the, the side that was so poor after lockdown. Um, so there's definitely been improvements there. There's obviously been a lot of work done on the training ground. Um, but like you say, you do you do you worry about the other end of the pitch? There's just not a lot of uh, you know, not a lot of end products. There's not a lot of um, there's not there's not a lot going on at all, really. Um, and it's just really disappointing. I think I think in terms of players like Bella Sanchez when they are playing, they are obviously being asked to do a bit more of a defensive job. On, on you know, they're obviously being asked to sit a little bit deeper than they probably would, you know, otherwise like to. Um, but yeah, it's you know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain that what we're seeing at the moment won't go on throughout the entire season. It's just the moment that the team is a work in progress at the moment. Well, we, we we've touched on it on previous episodes. We touched on it before we come on air. It's a case that he doesn't know his strongest eleven. Does he? he doesn't know his favoured formation with us yet. It keeps changing. Um, it does. He, he's still, as you said, assessing who's going to be there. In the long term, um, again, there's, there's obviously going to be some outgoings in January. You'd have thought, um, and then probably some more incomings as well. Um, but one player again, I, I want to touch on, and we talk about obviously up front is, is Jukovic, and he's again he's been criticised on social media this past week or so. Um, and what he brings to the squad is just much more than just a finishing touch on the end of a cross, isn't it? Mm. Um, his build applies, the way he holds the ball up is just the absolute shift he puts in. <clears throat> he ran into the post against Coventry and, and just shrugged it off, got up and carried on running around. So if that doesn't tell you exactly why he's in Karanka's starting eleven at the minute, then I suppose... Um, it, you've got no chance of understanding now, have you really, if you don't realise that. But do you agree with with some any of the criticism at all? Do you think it is time to start slowly bleeding him out of the side? I I understand the criticism when it comes to playing Djokovic in a system where we're playing five at the back and he's isolated. Um, I can completely understand where supporters are coming from you know we don't you know he, he doesn't offer any outlet in terms of terms of pace um, but at the moment I think he's undroppable in terms of what he offers you know with the, the you know he puts an absolute shift in he puts 110 percent in he's he's reliable and you can trust him he'll do his job to to the letter he's he's good in in the opposition box in the air and he's good in our own box in the air so he offers that as well um, he offers so much that people don't actually see so many small so many little things and, and like we saw uh, you know when we played Norwich and we played Hogan up on his own you know Hogan was just as um, you know he found it just as difficult um, as someone like Djokovic um, and we probably could have benefited more from having Djokovic in that game someone to, to aim for a target man to bring other players into play in that game, and that's that's basically what he he brings. I, I think I haven't got a problem with Djokovic playing. We just need to get the right players around him. At the moment, we're we're not doing that. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you saw Hogan play up front against Norwich on his own, and, and he, he brought a lot less to the game than what Dukovic does when he does the exact same role. Obviously, two completely different players, of course, but um, again, it just shows just what he brings to the side. And then moving on to last night's game, then. Um, Dukovic obviously gets himself on the score sheet, another set piece. Um, another performance that isn't really going to stand out come the end of the season um, but another point on the board all the same I suppose it's a way we've got to look at it at this point uh, yeah it's all on the the performance was, was not great Um Luton are a good side this year. They're not. They're not mugs. They're they're above us in the table. I'm pretty sure they'll finish between sort of 12th and 15th. Not a problem. They won't be sucked into a relegation battle this year. Uh, well, end of end of this season. Um, they've got some useful players. Um, they can put. I mean, looking at some of their results, they've they they've beaten some good sides. More so away from home. At home, they sort of tend to sort of hold sides to draws. Uh, like last night. Um, on another day, we probably could, like we said before, we could have lost that game three or four one easily, no problem. Um, but then at the same time, we could have won it right at the end, uh, just a little, uh, just lacking in quality with that finish. Uh, we'll get onto that in a minute. But um, in terms of the actual starting lineup, when I saw it, I was I wasn't I wasn't infused at all. Uh, what we saying, five defenders, um, three sort of. Or well, two defensively minded and, and one sort of uh, a box to box player and guard. Now he's he's not particularly an, a massively offensive player, so it was disappointing to see so many sort of uh, defensive players on the pitch starting a game. But but I think in Karanka's in Karanka's defence, he would rather end a game with more attackers than finish a game with with more defenders. If that makes sense. Um, so I think if we would have got away with one nil with 20 minutes to go, he could have then assessed it. But unfortunately, Luton got the equaliser. Well, could have had more. Um, so it, they didn't play very well last night. Yeah, I mean, one thing to notice from the, the game last night, and is uh, as we mentioned earlier, Effridge, um showing exactly why yeah. a, a brilliant keeper is is a necessity in the championship. Um, Maybe could be unhappy with with their equaliser, but then from then on in it was, uh, well, I'll say a, a well, just a brilliant performance, wasn't it? Really, um, top quality saves and um, arguably deserved man of the match from our side, I think. But and then the other thing, as you mentioned, was Sonic's chance at the end. Um, in on call, not really the player you want in that situation, is it? Well, we were saying beforehand, you got to play a clean for on goal with a, well, two minutes from the end of the game. Who would you who would you prefer? When you start to struggle to think of names, unfortunately. But um, Sanjic, yeah, I mean, he's that's not his, unfortunately that's not his game. He's not he's not a, not a finisher. I know he's scored a couple of long ranges, but uh, you know, I don't think. You know, close in. He's not. He's not a finesse player. 
Um, but yeah, I was really disappointed. He didn't just slide that into the bottom corner. I think just throughout the pitch, unfortunately, last night, um, we were just second best. Um, Luton were first to all the balls. They were they were tidier on the deck. Um, and Karanka said it at the end, you know, he said he set the team up as he set it up, you know, and they didn't follow, they didn't follow all the, basically, they didn't follow all the instructions to the letter. And and they didn't keep they didn't keep the ball. They just couldn't keep the ball. And and this is professional football as we're talking about. You know, if if you can't do the basics, you know, you can't you can't regain possession and keep a football, you are gonna struggle. Um and that's basically where we're at at the moment. I think we looked a bit better when the players came on, uh, you know, Bella came on, Sanchez came on on the hour, and then Bella came on with fifteen minutes to go and we moved, reverted to a four, two, three, one. Um but like we said before we came on, if we'd have started with that formation in that side, you know, and and we were two or three nil down, uh, which we could have easily been, you know, there would have been criticism. Why did we start so offensively? Um, so it was. It's a really difficult one last night. I really, I, don't, I didn't know what to make of make of it. Uh, personally, just. I know we've got, a, and we say all the time on the show, you know, got to give it time. We just no strongest eleven and stuff. I just want to see one game where we really, you know, lets the creative players do what they do best. Don't worry about you. If you're playing with, a, say, a five-three-two, no, five-two-three, sorry, and you've got Duke with Sanchez and and Bella or or Lecker or whoever else flanking him, you've got to let them free. Just do what they know to do, and that's attack, run at players, beat them man, put a cross in the box. You know, and Duke will obviously be on the end of it all the time. But to go out against Luton and, and have your keeper, seven defensive-minded players, and then one player that you wouldn't really say is a defensive or offensive player, he's just a bit of an all-rounder, really, isn't he, Gardner? And then you've got two players out there to do the creative jobs, and one of them is a target man. So you've got one player to do all of that attacking groundwork, in a sense, really, because you're not going to get much creativity out of San Jose and Sunic or Gardner. So you're leaving it to... Was it Bella last night, I think, with him? Um, It just doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. It it doesn't work. Like you say, like you know, when I saw Gary Gardner on the team sheet, you know, I thought five at the back, fair enough. Okay, we're away from home, Luton. You know, they're scoring goals. Um, I know it's Luton, but you know, you've got to be respectful. They are they're having a good season. Um, you know, okay, we're going to play two defensive midfielders. Okay, fair enough. But then from there on, you need you need some attacking. You need some attacking flair. Okay, so you know, Sanchez coming on with. 30 minutes to go. He should have started the game for me, in my opinion. I don't think Gary Gardner should have been starting that game. I don't think Gary Gardner should be starting in uh, in midfield unless we're playing four at the back. If we're playing five at the back, he shouldn't be playing. Unless we've got a suspension or an injury to San Jose or Sundridge. Um, I don't think he, he should be playing or San Jose needs a rest. And another thing, and another thing, we're playing wing-backs um, with with players that are not wing-backs. You know, friendly, not wing-back. Um, Friend is barely a left back now. 
you know, he's, he's probably more suited to left centre-back at the moment, you know, with his experience, his lack of pace now, you know, he's ageing, he hasn't quite got the legs, he's been out for a couple of weeks now. You know, playing him as a left wing-back was, was a, bit, a little bit worrying for me. Um, and Colin, you know, again, we've said it the last couple of seasons, he's, you know, he does struggle sometimes positionally. He does get caught out. I don't think his best position is a right wing-back. I think his best position is right-back and to be more conservative. You know, getting him up the pitch is the worst thing that we can be doing. And I understand that, you know, I don't know what the situation is with Pedersen. He'll see he's not fancying him at the moment. Although he might find himself back in the side Saturday. But, you know, last night, you know, I just don't think we've got the personnel, and I think you'll agree with me, to play five at the back at the moment. It's got to be a straight four at the back. Um, if he wants to play a bit more defensively, he can play the three defensive midfielders across the front of the, the back four. Uh, and then play two wider players that can come back into a bank of five, you know, if he wants to play defensively. But no, I'm not, I'm not keen on this three at the back with wing-backs. Well, you can take that right back to the time when we appointed Zola and the idea was five at the back and we signed players to play five at the back, you know. Um, yeah. Cater, <clears throat> NCU um, at right wing-back and we still couldn't play five at the back. Yeah. because it just, for whatever reason, it does not seem to suit us. It's never worked for us. We haven't got the the capabilities in the squad. And and quite frankly, Karanko hasn't signed players to facilitate five at the back either. Um, you know, it's, so it's... And, he, and he's known for playing a 4-2-3-1. As well, so he's straying away from what he knows in order to do this five at the back with players that just don't fit in there. Like you say, Colin, he wonders off whenever he wants. So, should he is he best off in a back four or a back five? Uh, debatable for either at the minute, really. I like Colin, don't get me wrong, but if you're setting up to be defensively solid um, in every game and 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 as you said earlier, you're tasking them, right, go out there and keep a clean sheet. That's your job for the day. And you've got Colin um, up in no man's land and we're being counted on. He's no help, is he? But then you have option. Dakers Cogler is a, uh, a week-in, week-out championship right back. I don't think he is at this moment in time. He has the odd good game. Uh, he's, he's fantastic against uh, Preston, was it, if I remember rightly. Um, but... Um, that, yeah, that's that. Left side, Pedersen. I don't really know what Pedersen's best position is. I think he's got all the makings of a, a solid, a bit like George Friend, a solid left-sided centre-back and could arguably do that in a three. But you put him on that left side, he just, again, he's like Colin, he, he, he gets caught forward or he's, you know, it's... It, out of position, he's a bit duck, a bit clumsy in that sense, and he just hasn't got the pace. If we get counted on again, uh, I still don't like the thought of Roberts being in from the start. I think he just injects panic with whoever he's playing with. Although he has come on leaps and bounds, as has Harley Dean since last season. Um, but all in all, I still I look at that 
defence, whether it's a four or a five, and I think I don't really have, with the exception of Everidge and, and Clark Salter, I don't have going to a game with confidence that we're going to keep clean sheet, not even under Karanka. Luton should have had four or five last night, realistically. They had the chances. We can't be hard done by the fact that Sunjic missed that chance at the end. Uh, we shouldn't have been in the game at that point. We've got Efridge to thank for that. So, it's obvious that it's still a work in progress and it is still a, a building job for Karanka and it will be for a couple of windows still yet. But I just want to see the obvious work that he's putting on the training ground finally come into the forefront in games because I still think we look defensively very shaky. Five isn't the way to go for me. I think, I think we're both agreed on that. I think I think a lot of supporters will agree with us on that as well, that five at the back doesn't work with the personnel that we have in the squad. So, you know, if you're going to play five at the back, you need two wing-backs that can get up and down the pitch very quickly. And we don't have that. So we're best suited to playing four at the back. If you want to go defensive, you can play three defensive midfielders and then two, like I said earlier, two two wingers in Sanchez and Bella to sit a bit deeper, unfortunately, to, to provide that five in front of the defence. The other thing I think as well, when you look at five at the back and teams that make it work, you know, or, or, you know, players that can make that sort of thing work. I mean, yeah, it's easy to say that you, you, the world's, best and ideal pair of wing-backs is obviously Robertson and, and Alexander-Arnold at Liverpool. Now, obviously, we're dreaming if we think a player of that quality will be a Blues in our lifetime. But <clears throat> you look at what they bring to the side. Defensively, Robertson's very solid. Trent can get caught out at times. But you look at the end product they bring, the sheer number of assists, chances they create, um, their their ability on the ball, the pace, the positioning, it's all there. The, the, all the makings of, of some of the world's best fullbacks or wingbacks. And you think, no matter how much effort and time you put into developing uh, a Maxim Collan or a Christian Pedersen, or, they're never going to give you the, the whole package in what you'd look for in a, in a quality wingback. I don't want to compare yeah. the two of them, obviously. Look, Pedersen and Robertson, for example. There's no debate that Pedersen's obviously the better player. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's they're, they're, they're the prime example as what you'd want from a, a modern-day wing-back. And, of course. But and, you know, Pedersen hasn't got, the end, hasn't got an end product. I don't think I've ever... When was the last time? I think the last really decent quality crossing... I've seen from one of our full-backs. It was probably from Seddon last season for Pedersen's goal on the opening day. And even that, I think, was a bit of a mishit. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, the best delivery I saw last season was Seddon's um, when he set up Jimenez. Well, it was one of the best through balls oh, I think I've honestly. ever ever seen. It was incredible. What a great ball. He'd be a great little player for the club. When, it, when he comes back from his loan, and, and we've said it earlier that, you know, this isn't going to be a season, but next season could be a real breakthrough season with the club, fingers crossed. But well, just what you were alluding to earlier with, you know, players like uh, Alexander-Arnold, you know, Alexander-Arnold's not a defender. You know, Alexander-Arnold just plays a right back. But I tell you, the, the, what makes these players good is the players around them as well and the unit that Liverpool are. You know, you know when Alexander-Arnold goes up the pitch, 
He's got Henderson. He's got Thiago. He's got, um, I think, Fabinho. They just slot straight into his position, and they do the they do that job, that defensive job, so well. They've got that's why they have so much freedom, Liverpool, when they play. You know, because they've got so so much quality through the middle of their te- through the middle of their team. And, uh, and let's go back to the Luton game. You know, why is he playing five at the back? And he alluded to it after the game that they've got a narrow pitch. So you know, Luton are probably not going to attack down the wings. So they're going to try and play through the middle. So he wanted to probably nullify the space, uh, close out close out the gaps a little bit more. You know, if he's got three centre backs and he's got three defensive midfielders sat in the middle of the park. Luton are going to find it tough, and uh, you know, as it as it happened, they scored from the corner. And when you know, in the second half, when we got a bit more ragged and we changed shape, they did get through the middle and, and um, twice. Uh, Effridge had to pull off world class saves. In one of the one of the chances they had, they just uh, one player just ran inwards and just kept running and running and, and no real attempt to stop him. Yeah, <laughs> I think that. But I think that's what Karanka was worried about. I think that's what, you know, Karanka, he, let's be honest, and I think a lot of supporters are saying it, maybe Karanka is trying to be a little bit too clever for his own good at the moment. He's very, he is very tactical. Probably analysed Luton and probably thought they play through the middle quite a lot. You know, they don't utilise the width as much. Uh, if I don't pack that space out, we could get play through. Uh, you know, had we lost that game last night, 3-0, the knives, I think the knives would have been out. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, well, the knives are bloody out anyway, on the, according to some people, aren't they? Which brings us nicely then, following on from Luton. So we've started to do a three-word review. Um, uh, you're laughing, you. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> so... I decided to trawl through and I've picked five or six of my favourite ones because um, some of them I like. I think they're very serious and, and very good points. And some of them, or, or one of them in particular, which you will know straight away, is just insane. So first one we've already touched on, lacking midfield creativity. Um Obviously, I feel that three-word review isn't just suited to last night's game. You can you can put that on any game this season, and and you've got yeah. a point. Uh, stop missing sitters. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we've we've touched on tonight. So, um, another thing that we've just discussed. Someone put strange tactics again. Mm-hmm. We had someone. Oh, gone. As I say, I think I think we sort of answered the tactics question. You know, I know, I know that we shouldn't be setting. I know, I know that our supporters don't want to hear that we're setting up to counter. Uh, you know, a side like Luton. But um, you know, if you get in the real world, unfortunately, we were the worst side in the championship uh, post lockdown. So you know, trying to go there and nullify Luton is pretty much the position we're in at the moment. Someone put not enough progress. Mm. Well, we're, I, well thought you'd, I, I thought you'd like that one. Uh, not enough progress. I mean, you know, 
it's a difficult one. This season is going to be a work in progress. Fingers crossed we won't end up with any last day drama. You know, if we finish around where we are at the moment or, you know, sort of top half of the bottom half, shall we say, um, that will be progress as far as I'm concerned. And then we can look ahead to next season. Final one that I've cherry-picked for tonight's three-word review is... Uh, this is I'm going to even shout out the person who's put this because they've really... Um, made this worthwhile on last night's game. This was at King's Heath Blues on Twitter who said in capital letters, so they're obviously very adamant that it's the truth. They put Spanish Steve Cottrell who, to be honest, I thought we had as manager last season, not this season, for a start. I also believe if it was Spanish Steve Cottrell, we'd be bottom of the league now. Steve Cottrell didn't have a clue, did he? He didn't know tactics. He didn't know. I mean, we, we, we laugh and joke. Current still don't know his strongest eleven. Um, but I mean, let's be honest. I think Steve Cottrell took about thirty games to get to fifteen points, didn't he? So you know, I don't think he's quite that bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like any support at the moment. I'm not enjoying watching this at the moment. It's pretty bad, but you know, it is what it is at the moment. If, if it's still the same this time next year, then, uh, yeah, I might be saying the same thing. <laughs> Another thing that we've done this week is we're doing the shirt giveaway for anyone who predicted the correct results uh, for last night's game. And big announcement about the shirt giveaway. Uh, there was no winner. So that rolls over to next episode. Um, so make sure you tweet us at Blues Focus and get your predictions in for the Millwall game. Uh, Elliot's gone for a, a favourable 2-0 defeat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I personally, I'm more optimistic. So I'm going with 1-0 to Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out. Um, I mean, that's that's... All we've got time for this week, really. Um, we don't want to depress ourselves too much more um, before Saturday's game. So, one thing we will say, obviously, the news that broke um, earlier this afternoon, well, later this afternoon, early this evening, was the news that um, Diego Maradona's passed away. Um, very sadly, obviously one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Um, 60 years of age with an apparent heart attack. What's great looking through social media is that, and, and I've seen someone tweet the same thing as well, is that there's none of these tweets saying, oh, he scored X amount of goals, he's done this, he's done that. Everyone's just tweeting clips of him having a laugh, enjoying the football, enjoying playing football, enjoying training. And and that's what the game's all about, isn't it? You know, it's getting the enjoyment out of it. You don't see that this much nowadays. And obviously Maradona's name will live on for a long, long time, won't it? But, yeah, end on, end on that, shall we? I think very fitting. So rest in peace, Diego Maradona. Uh, that's about all we've got time for tonight as well. Elliot, thank you for joining me on this episode. Um, get you back on after the Millwall game to see which one of us two wins the shirt. 
yeah until then um if you're watching on youtube subscribe to the channel like the video get your questions on the social medias at blues focus pod and we'll get them in on next week's show and again after the game get us your free word reviews and we'll read the best ones out until then thank you sports social podcast network step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.